Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm not a betting guy, but for y'all that are, there's Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. It's that time again. Another episode of Believe in Kentucky, Believe Podcast Network, alongside the UK legend Double Zero Tony Depp. My name is Vinny Hardy. What's up, TD? Vinny, man, it's all all good, man. I'm, I'm excited about you know just uh, what's happening in the sports world. You know, NBA getting ready to have play this little play in these play in games. I'm excited <laughs> about that. But I tell you what, we didn't get a chance to talk about last time. We didn't get a chance to talk about how our lady volleyball cats. Mm-hmm. won them a national championship if i'm not mistaken from what i've heard it was the first one ever in the history of the sec is that yeah. true yeah they set the pace they got to the to final four and stuff and you know they 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 get out of the hunt and got it done they didn't just get satisfied with the final four they right said, here we're gonna go ahead and, and handle business and bring the whole thing home and, and they took texas down man and, and brought that trophy back to Lexington, baby and I, I think that's what you it's funny you say that too, because normally, you know, teams the goal when they start the season, whether it's hockey, um, football, basketball, volleyball, baseball, we can go on and on about, you know, when they get to that, to the semis or to the final teams, is that certain teams are satisfied and they always give the edge to the team that's previously have won, coach who has won a a, a championship. And for players, it's just we're just happy to get there, you know, and, you know, I want to reflect going, you know, going back to when I went to my first final four in 1993, I was, you know, I was excited. It was a great time to be the final four teams left in college basketball. And, you know, just that whole weekend, that whole experience was, was an experience of a lifetime. You know, I was like, man, you know, this is what college basketball is about. And I know those people who haven't been to a final four, you know, you get there sometimes you're just satisfied, happy, that we're the final team, but you don't think about winning it. So even when we went back in 1996, like I had already experienced that, you know? So I was like, man, you know, I'm on a different mission here. I'm, I'm, I'm on a mission to win and, you know, to cut down the nets and, you know, and, and uh, you know, not only just say we made it to the final four and, and that's so, that's so great to say you have a final four t-shirt with the four teams that were there, you know, to be a part of history, you got to win it. And that's what, you know, 
our volleyball team was able to do. You know, they just wasn't satisfied with, okay, being one of the, one of the top teams in the country. They went there with the mission. And I think when you go with a mission, um, if everybody's focused, definitely the coaches, you know, they're just not satisfied with, you know, when they come in and give you that pregame speech, you know, let's not be happy to be here. Let's go out there and win it. And the players feed off of, you know, the energy of that coach. If that coach is relaxed and, you know, you can kind of feel, you feel that that presence that they have when they're talking to you. And then you have those coaches that it's tension. You know, I, you know, it's like, they come down, it's like, man, the game plan has changed. They don't want to talk and they're kind of moody. Um, those are the coaches that when they get there, they don't win because they're too uptight. Mm-hmm. And with Craig Skinner, he's been there, I think, since 05, 06. I remember Skinner when I was on Coach Cal's cap, our staff. He's been there for a minute, man. I'm looking at him like, is this still the same coach? <laughs> he talked about the thing that stood out to me. He's he's made the NCAA tournament every year that he's been at Kentucky, but he's wow. been building the program, you know, getting it to where you can actually contend for a title. He was talking mm-hmm. about how when he first got there, there were, you know, 50, 60 people in the gym. You can hear the volleyball echoing off the floor during the matches. <laughs> and now the crowds that come to watch him, the support they're getting, he said, call me crazy, but he's talked to Mitch Barnhart. He said, I, I think we can get volleyball where it's a revenue sport, where we can, the way you continue to grow. Right. From, from nothing to where he's gotten it. He said, mm-hmm. I, it's not crazy to think that we can make this into a revenue sport. So that's, that's just wow well you know i think also just just seeing how long he's been there you know normally coaches tenure who who haven't and i'm not saying you know volleyball is a little bit different there's not as much pressure on a volleyball coach you know compared to you know college football college basketball you know and and, and some and for, at some university baseball you know it's, it's mm-hmm. huge there but you know, they can kind of stay in a position. They, they still get into the NCAA tournament winning games and they're competitive. They have a winning record. Like, like you can keep those jobs for 25, 30 years probably because no one is really checking on volleyball. You know, it's like, oh, let's go check on volleyball and make sure that, uh, you know, if we haven't made it to a national championship game or final four, you know, we need to look at firing this coach. So mm-hmm. I, I think, and I'm just speaking because I don't know, you know, I don't think it's, it's as much pressure because, you know, it's not one of those, as you said, revenue sports It's bringing in millions of dollars, you know. So when you're bringing in millions of dollars in like a, a Alabama, us in, us in basketball, even our football revenue, just the conference itself, football conference brings in hundreds of millions of dollars. And, um, you know, but, but to go out and recruit those players, you know, when you're not one of the, the top elite teams in the country, you know, and it's like, okay, how can we – how can we build a brand when no one in the SEC has ever won a, a national championship? And it's like, okay, so how realistic can a coach be when it comes down to you go and recruit these girls or the top players in the country? Oh uh, yeah. You know, we're going to win a national championship. They look at you like y'all conference haven't won a championship. Yeah. So how do you think that you're going to possibly win a championship? But now his, he has, he has a great selling pitch when he goes out there now, you know, when you have actually done it and you know, it, it just lets you know that it is a process. And so many ADs and presidents don't give coaches enough time. But also, I think the coaches are looking for the next best job. You know, when you are, like when I look at Coach K, Izzo, um, Bayheim, and 
you know, guys like that, they have been lifers and been lifers at one school and just have really sacrificed and given so much to that school. And, and I think those those are the coaches that you see are successful and, and they're able to have players that return to the program as assistant coaches. And, you know, they're still building something like it's a family. But when you count on like every four or five years or six, seven years, you're changing coaches, the culture changes. And there was there was the basketball connection. And, and with you having daughters, I was watching championship against Texas. A couple guys you played against and, and crossed paths with in your NBA career were at the championship game for Texas. Jermaine O'Neal's daughter played on their volleyball team. Wow. And then you had Avery and Maddie Skinner, whose dad is Brian Skinner, who was playing for Kentucky. So they were going wow. against each other. Brian and Jamal, uh, Jermaine were both in the crowd there watching their daughter's, you know, championship game match. And Brian Skinner and, and his two daughters came out on top as Kentucky brought it home. So it's just cool to look dad you know dad girl girl dad thing that that both yeah. guys were there supporting their daughters yeah having a connection man i mean you know in volleyball I, I tell people it's it's amazing you know how much you know uh youth sports that you have so many uh young women playing volleyball you know and my daughter started out playing and she played for like two or three years and it, it's very competitive you know very competitive um you know it's one of the probably you look at scholarship like how many scholarships do they have for volleyball players? I don't even know. You know, it, it's, it's a lot of research that needs to be done. But, you know, I tell people that it's, it's a sport that that do give out scholarships. Now, you know, you have to, of course, you know, probably have played, you know, probably middle school to high school and, you know, probably a club team. Um, but, you know, it, it's a sports that brings uh, brings out athletes. You know, you, you, you'll see some basketball players because of, you know, the ability to to jump and timing, um, you know, those those basketball players have done really well on the volleyball side for women. But it, but it, it's just great seeing that, you know, what Coach Skinner has done with that program, you know, and just being there for so many years and uh, not just being satisfied. You know, it, it, it does take time, man, to, to get to that national championship and, and be able to win it. You know, I always think about, you know, when as uh, John wouldn't start winning, you know, national championship, you know, he, he wasn't the youngest guy, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, reading his book, they had considered firing him. They was like, man, this dude not getting the job done. And he started winning them as he was older. And, you know, when we look at the landscape of college basketball right now, you know, with so many coaches, you know, who are, you know, I'm not going to say on, on the 18th hole, but we do have a few on the 18th hole. Yeah. And, and one of them was Roy Williams. You know, he, he decided, he was like, listen, when this, when I'm not enjoying this and it's not exciting to me anymore, you know, it's, that's, that's when it's time to step away. And, and it takes, you know, I, I think it's always a tough decision, you know, when you've done something for 25, 30 years, that's all you know is basketball recruiting and having connection to the kids and their families. And, you know, it, it's really hard to walk away. So when I look at a Coach K at Bayham, I'm like, man, these dudes are in their 70s, man. It's, it's like they're still going, you know what I'm saying? And, but you know, at some point in time, they're going to have to retire, you know, and, and who's going to be the next person to take over, you know, one of these top power five jobs in the country. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting, you know, even as North Carolina hired, hired uh, Hubert Davis was that, you know, he paid his dues, you know, he came back and, you know, he was, I want to say, I got to see when he started, he might've been on the assistant coaching staff when 
I was on Coach Cal's staff maybe in 2011, 2012, if we can go back that far. Um, but, you know, what was really positioned himself to be a head coach at some point in time. And I think that's where a lot of people, when, when it comes to paying your dues, it's like, man, I got to wait. You don't know when a Roy Williams is going to retire. You know, if he's in his early 60s and let's say you want to be that the next head coach, and you're in your 40s, like, man, this dude might coach another 15 years. Am I willing to wait? that amount of years, you know, to become a head coach. And you have some guys that are comfortable and cool with being, you know, the, the, the head, the head coach, I mean, the head assistant, uh, first assistant coach, second assistant coach. Some guys are fine with that. You know, I think you got to find your niche, you know, what, what works best for you. Everybody's not meant to be the leader of a team, but there are a lot, a lot of really good assistant coaches out there. And the, the recruiting changes, the transfer portal, that's that's what Roy looked at and was like, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna change my game the way I do things. The, the landscape yeah. is changing. He said, I'm gonna go step on out. Yeah. On him, you know, so because I, I thought I thought he was struggling like even trying to get get the one and done. I, I think you know he had he had a couple of those guys. I think what Harrison Barnes, like he he had he had a group of guys, Marvin he had, he had some guys that came came and went you know and so he hopped into it for a few years you know what i'm saying so he was like okay let me adapt to the one and done the guys that i'm only going to have for a year you know and he ended up winning a couple championships with those guys but i I think this this transfer portal you know even though you have made an adjustment to you know the one and dones and getting the five-star guys you don't know it's just only going to be with your program for one year this is something different you know, this is something different where you got to study these guys. Like, you got to have some some intel on these players. When spring and summer roll around, do you find yourself struggling with your sunglasses? Do you lose them? Do they get broken? It's time to make your outdoor experiences better with Canaan. Canaan sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, stronger, and Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. Use the exclusive code KananCast15 at Kanan.com to receive 15% off on your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T and the number 15. Kanan, clearly better. You know, as they decide to leave maybe a smaller school and, you know, um, you know, jump into the fire power, uh, power five conferences. And, um, you know, so I think he was at the, he, he was at that, at that boiling point, like, man, I'm, I just don't, I don't feel like doing this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know my assistant coach is going to do their job, but you know, as a head coach, you still got to give, you know, the final decision on, you know, who's going to, who you want to give a scholarship to, you know, what, what player am I going to get that's coming from another program? How is he going to fit in the chemistry? Like when you have a different connection to, the players that you've gone out and recruited, you know what I'm saying? Like you've met their parents, you know, you've been on the recruiting trails, watching them play. And not to say some of these guys transfer portal, he's not familiar with, but when you go out and really spend, you know, all the AAU season, high school season, texting on the phone, talking to parents, talking to that player, you have a different connection. Not to say that you can't have a connection with that player coming from that transfer portal, but it's different. I, I think it's really different. And, you know, there's so many players in this transfer portal. You know, I know Kentucky lost 
you know, lost a top recruiter. Some of that was probably because, you know, Tony Barbie left, you know, he, he had a connection with him, you know, it, to me, it would have been like if we went back when I came out and my connection was Billy Donovan. So let's say Billy Donovan took the Marshall job and I'm his top recruit. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty much sure I would have followed him because mm-hmm. he spent so much time, you know, coming to Brownsville, sending me, sending me letters in the mail, calling me on the phone, coming to watch my AAU, my high school game. Like he was invested. And it would have been hard for me to go there when no one else really was invested in me like he was, you know what I'm saying? So it's, so you always got to factor that in. Like who is my connection when I go there? Most of the time it's going to be the assistant coach. And I was definitely wondering what you, your thought process would have been. And you, you said you would have followed Billy to Marshall. We, we've been talking about the staff changes and with Barbie and justice leaving. I already talked about coach. O, pretty much done deal coming back. Chin Coleman let Illinois know that he was leaving, let Underwood know that he's probably leaving and coming to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Miller, who was there at Illinois, he you would think, well, maybe, you know, Kentucky needs some point guards. Maybe he'll follow his assistant to Kentucky. Nope, mm-hmm. he goes to LSU and Will Wade. So, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <laughs> You never know, man. Like you said, you never know. I mean, you you, you got to go. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you this. And here's the thing about, you know, being a recruit and coming to Kentucky. It's a lot of pressure, man. And, and, and I remember Coach Cal, you know, telling us that as we had one of our staff meetings, he said, you know, Kentucky's not going to be for everyone. Um, you know, it's going to be a school that's going to give you a lot of exposure. I'm going to demand a lot out of you. And you got to come to compete every day. That's not everyone. You know, this generation, sometimes they want it to be given to them. They want to work hard. Uh, they don't want to compete, you know, for, for the position. They just want that position to be handed to them. And it's like, no, you know, it's competition. You, you think when you get to the collegiate level, uh, NBA, everybody's good. You get to college. I mean, this, this, uh, this player that's locker right next to yours, he's the best player from his district region, best player from his state. Another guy right across, but he's the best player from his state. You know, he he's a five-star player. Uh, you might have another player that played the same position that you that was that was uh, he's a sophomore or a junior year, a junior now. And he's not gonna let no freshman come in. Like, dude, you gotta compete. I'm I'm not just gonna say, well, you know what, you're a top recruit and uh I'm just gonna give you my position. It just doesn't work like that. And I think the the sooner kids understand, and I was having this conversation with someone yesterday about AAU basketball, just how competitive it is, but also that even if kids can't play, they're going to go play for somebody's organization. And it's just the way the basketball uh, world is right now. You know, whether you can play or not, it's like, oh, who cares? But, you know, you're going to be on somebody's roster because now kids and parents love the, as they say, I just want the experience of being on a, on a, on a team, you know, and, and traveling, but I'm like, your kid needs to develop. And even some of the players who have come to Kentucky in the past and, and current, current players, they have to develop and become, you know, future NBA players. It just don't happen overnight. Although you might've been the best high school player, those college scouts and, and assistant coaches, they have Intel on you. They know your strength and weaknesses. They know what you can and cannot do, you know? So, their job is to, you know, expose you in a certain way, but it's to make you 
feel like, you know, you still have a lot to learn in this game. I'm not just going to let you think this game is easy when it's not. And I think that's the misconception that so many kids and parents have is understanding how hard it is to be good at something when everyone else is good. So a lot of the, the fan base is kind of worried because the, the how this roster is going to come together. There's a lot of bigs on the roster, not a lot of guards. Mintz put his name in the draft. He didn't sign with an agent, but he's exploring oh, his options professionally to see what's going to happen. So right now, you know, Kentucky's, you know, their Tata Washington is in there, but don't know whether he's going to decide or what he's going to do. Right now you got Kellen Grady and Dante Allen as far as perimeter guys. Uh, still waiting to see what Keon Brooks does. How do you think the roster comes together? You know, I mean, the portal is still popping, but, you know, Kentucky's – and I'm, it's going to play out or it's not. It's going to come together and they're going to get players or it's not. I'm not, like, worried. But, you know, Cal's mm-hmm. definitely going to have O and Chen come in and, and, and get on it because they got to get some guys in here. <laughs> if, if they may get on it. They may get on it right now. You know, <laughs> as soon as as soon as he uh, as as uh as Tony left, he should have been like, dude, we gotta get some guards in here. You yeah, know, because because guards really I mean, the way the game is now, you gotta have good guard play. I mean, you gotta have and, and it's not always it's great to go out there and get the the five star, the the guy that could potentially be a lottery pick. I mean, it's of course every every coach would love to to land that player. But sometimes, you know, you got to look in state, you know, you got to look in state for someone who can lead a team might not be your most athletic guy, but is he smart enough to run your team? Is he a leader on the court? Like, like those, like, is, is he a winner? So I have to, if I'm some of these coaches, I'm changing my recruiting strategy. When I look at what's going to work for my program. And I think what we have right now is, we have to really look at guys that can run, run the, run the team and not just someone that reclassifies and, okay, he, he's a really good player. Let's bring him in and, and he can't really run your ball team. Like I want to see from junior year to senior year winning. Has he been a winner? Has he been leading his team? And when I go watch him, like, you know, can he play with other good players? Can he get other guys to, to play at his level? Can he can he bring those guys along, you know, and 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 tell them what it takes to be a, to be a hard worker, you know, and and, and most of the time is it's hard when you don't have that that true leader at that position that hasn't won. Because I'm going to look at guys that, that that's won a state championship, you know. I'm like, okay, man, I know I know that dude is he got to be tough, you know, to because Kentucky only going to have one state champion, yeah. you know, which is different from most other states. You know, our state we have you know, the class, the classification uh, champion. But when you have to go all the way through and you have to play to the final the final weekend and you, you're crowned like the best the best team in the state of Kentucky, I'm always looking at, at those teams and saying, okay, what player fits with us? I know he's a winner. He's going to work hard. He's developed. He's going to love being a Kentucky Wildcat. Like, you got to get people that, that – not going to leave you all the time, but someone who loves, they love the journey. You know, we got, we got to find players that love the journey, want to, want to develop. And it's okay to be a three or four year player. They are, there are a 
bunch of three to four year players in the NBA right now that if we look at the rosters of all these these players, everybody's not a one and done. And you, I know you guys, your former teammates are keeping an eye out as well as the state of Kentucky. Uh, you look at at Reed Shepard, Jeffson. We don't know where he's going yet, and all that, but he's making a making his getting his name known throughout the state. Right, going to be a junior this year. You talk about there only be one state champion in Kentucky. His team is yet to win their region. They haven't even made it to a Sweet 16 yet to go to Republican. Um, um, you know, but but it's funny you say that because if if you're a leader, and, and, and you got to look at the personnel around that player too. I mean, because even with myself, you know, I was able to lead us to the state, take us to the state championship. You know, I, I could get us out the region. I can get us out. I can get us out the district. I can get us out the region. We can win this. We can get to the sub-state. But when you get to the state, you need players around you. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't, a good coach is going to either allow you to get your points and take everyone else out or say, we just, we, we don't think they're good enough to win, you know, with, with him. He can score. And these other guys, I don't, I don't think they can win. I don't think they can score enough points to beat us. And I was in that, in, in that predicament one at, at one point in time as a high school player, you know, but when you have three or four guys that are dogs, they all are facilitated ball handling. They, they, they play defense. They understand the game, you know? So look at when I, when I see it as a coach, I'm looking at his personnel. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe it's going to be tough, but if you can't get out your own district and region, like I was, I knew I was good enough as an individual player to get us out, out them, out the district. I'm like, okay, we don't, they can't stop me in the district region. Okay. All right. It'll be a little tougher. Each round gets tougher, mm-hmm. but going back to the winning is, Let's put you with some good players because great players, you know, whether it's they're the best player, they know how to play with other good players around them. We all know how to come together, you know, and, and, and make this make this work chemistry wise. And I think that's what separates. You know, I look at what Coach Patino did with all the talent that we had is that he was able to get all of us to buy in. And that's always a tough thing when you have guys that are pursuing the NBA guys are getting ready to graduate young players that coming in as McDonald's all American. And, but what you do is it's your work ethic. It's practice. Everyday practice was a dog fight. So you need those kind of practices to prepare you for the tougher games on the course of the season, get into the NCAA tournament, elite eight final four, potentially championship game. And then to get drafted and go play with the 450 best players in the world is it's competitive. And although people say they want that smoke, a lot of guys don't want that. A lot of guys don't want to work hard. You know, when you come to Kentucky, you'll be like, oh, man. Like I said earlier, this dude, he's good. You know, oh, he, he's a sophomore junior. He's been in a weight program. You know, it, so you start seeing how good players really are when you come and everybody kind of look like you. Everybody have a game like you. Mm-hmm. And now your game is not superior like it once was in high school. So, but everybody has a, has to go from a starting point to getting to the level of when you're competing, you're able to sustain that on a nightly basis. Like every night you come out, you give me your best. And, and, and it's hard for younger players to do that, you know, and even as they play in these AAU season, uh, season, I say your body is not conditioned to play four or five games a weekend. I say even when I played, like I was so happy. I hated back-to-back games in the NBA. Like I never – it took my body like a full day to recover from playing that hard in a game because of the intensity level, 
from practice to game is totally different. And, you know, to see kids compete, I'm like, man, you, your body's really meant to play two hard games a day at tops. When you get into three and four and then you got to play the next day two games, I mean, you got to have bodies. You got to have bodies. And I think that's, that's what allowed us to win so many SEC tournaments was that we had the bodies to go back to back to back. Mm-hmm. So I'll be interested to see see what Reed does. He'll be a junior this year, be an upperclassman, see what he does these next two years with uh with his team there at North Laurel. We're coming at y'all on May the 4th. So man, I gotta ask you, were, were you a big Star Wars guy? May the force be with you, may the fourth be with you. Were you in all that Star Wars, Star Trek, Lord of Rings? No, man. I, I I didn't, I never really got caught up in it, man. Maybe I was playing too much basketball, you know, to to get caught up in sci-fi. I, I always, you know, I, I would see commercials and, you know, I'm like, oh, Star Wars is cool. I, I, to be honest with you, Vinny, I don't think I ever watched Star Wars. Uh, uh, I mean, I was I, I was kind of like a different dude. Like, I'm going to tell you what I like. I like Dukes of Hazard. Like, that was that was stuff like Three's Company, Sanford and Son, Good Time, The Jefferson, yeah. uh, Cosby. Like, I watched those shows. You know, when it came down to Star Wars, I'm like, man, that's not real. Nobody's going to be in space doing all the stuff they're doing. So, really... It, it was it was hard for me to buy into it. I'm like, it's not realistic, you know. But I looked at the shows, you know, when I when I think about funny shows, man. I to this day, you know, every once in a while, uh, a Sanford Son episode, man, I catch one, and I'll send it to all my friends and watch Sanford Son. So you know, like Grady Bubba, Skillet, Leroy, uh, I was Rollo, yeah, Esther, you know. So, <laughs> but. I mean, it was just so funny how Red Fox, and it's funny because I, I got to go back. Someone, someone was telling me the writers of uh, of Sanford Son were white guys. I, I might have to check that to make sure. I said, are you serious? I said, that, that, I said, that cannot be. He was like, yeah, man, I think the writers for Sanford Son were white guys. I said, well, how do they know all this stuff about black people? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but Star Wars, no, nah, Star Wars was... No, man, I, I couldn't get caught up in it. Did you have a lot of techie teammates at UK or in the NBA that were into that? No, you know what? I, I think guys were doing, you know, if I look at it, because technology was just coming into play then, you know, just having your cell phone and having a pager. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember having a Tetris. Um, but I don't remember guys just really, you know, being in the Star Wars. I think, you know, we, we spent so much time playing basketball, man, that, that, you know, it became your life. And when you got a chance to watch stuff, and then I tell kids, you know, even as I go out and speak to them, you know, you still want to be a kid and enjoy life. You know, don't, don't take all the pressure that your parents are putting on you and, you know, have that tension when you go out and play basketball. I say, just be relaxed. Go out and say, I, I worked, I worked thousands of hours on my game but also, I, you know, I was a kid. I enjoyed playing. I enjoyed playing arcades. I said, most people don't even know. I, I would take, I got so good. I got really good at like Galaxy, um, Super Mario Brothers. Gunsmoke was another game I love playing. I'm still trying to find an arcade with Gunsmoke on it now. But I got so good at these arcades. I would take a, a quarter and play like two or three hours with one quarter. Man. You know, playing this. When I tell you, I, was, I would get locked in on these games, but but when I would go to convenience stores, I would watch people. I would watch guys play because this one guy was really good. And I was like, I would sit there for about an hour and just watch him play. And I'm like, man, I got to learn how to play this game. And also, 
I got to beat him to, to the convenience store because he stays on his game for a long time. <laughs> you know, so really it's like you're sitting there watching him play. And I'm a student. I'm sitting there watching him play for about 30 minutes, 30, 30, 45 minutes. So I'm learning these stages. Okay, if I ever get there, I know what to do. So I'm just really watching him. I'm, I'm playing him, replaying the back of my mind, you know, as I'm as I'm walking away, as I'm coming back to the uh, convenience store. So that kind of really taught me how to remember plays and, and be be one of those guys that, you know, like even to this day, I still remember plays from certain teams I played with, but I, I became a student. And to really try to get the younger generation to buy into watching games and not highlights, I say, you learn so much by watching a game. And I say, I come and watch my kids in my basketball academy play so I can, when I train them, I know what we're working on. So I, I kind of have a different mindset of how I, how I choose to work with my players, but um, also just, you know, trying to be the best I can be as I'm teaching these kids. But, you know, as I'm thinking, Russell Westbrook, what do you think about what he's doing in NBA this year? It's, you know, with the 2020 the other day, and, and he's 32, 33 years old. Yeah. With Washington, that's a team. I think they're in that 7, 8, 9, 10. They're, they're right there. The range now, so. Yeah, they're right there. Bill's been hurt for a while. They had some other guys go down. So, you know, he's, you know, and, and you saw, I listened to the guys on the, on believe it's, it's uh, Larry Hughes, Matt Moderno early in the year, Russ going up, just kind of laying it up. Like they could tell he wasn't really right. Now he's going back, cocking stuff back like he was, you know, six, seven years ago. So he's, yeah, and, you know, they kind of get it together at the right time. So that's, you got to give him credit. What do you think about the seven, eight, nine, ten? Because, you know, LeBron said LeBron said the person come up with it need to be fired. <laughs> well, his team is in the seventh seed now. Yeah. So. <laughs> hey, 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 what they've been doing is they've been slowly sliding down. You know what I'm saying? They went from like maybe four, five, six, seven. And it was the issue about two weeks ago. You know what I'm saying? Because they was they were still up there, you know. But as they started, they want to lose the streak. You know, it, it is something to think. But, but I think it it makes it exciting to me. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it keeps, it brings viewers and it keeps viewers excited about a playoff game, you know, playoff games. You know what I'm saying? Cause you, you watch how Steph Curry, you know, how he's been playing and, and look at LeBron who came back and you know, this, it, it takes longer for you think an ankle injury. I'm thinking, yeah, but, but he has so many years on his body, man. You know, it's not your common ankle injury that you're back within two or three games. I mean, and, and to come back for him is, is different because he has to come back and play at a whole nother level, like the level that he left before he got injured. You know what I'm saying? So you can't come back and be rusty because he's LeBron James. You know what I'm saying? We, we're kind of giving AD a pass for the rust that he had for, for a couple of games here. And, you know, he finally looked good last night, you know, and I'm like, wow, you know, he, but, but it does take you time and game reps to get back to playing at the level, close to the level that you read. Uh, so even though he came back, he just didn't have the, you know, he didn't have that lift that he needed, you know, that, that burst of speed wasn't there anymore, you know, and I'm just like, and, and he, and he knows that he knows his body. He, he knew basically that, okay, I'm not the same dude. Let, let me, let, let me go back to the lab, you know, basically went back to the lab, but, but why is he going back to the lab? You know, his team's not winning. I mean, when you look at I think Dennis Schroeder is out. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they have players that are out right now. And then you're still getting AD back to maybe 85 to 90%. And then LeBron is, is back out. Um, they might be in the play-in game, mm -hmm. you know. And 
right now, the way things are looking, you know, anything is possible happening. If he comes back, he's 100%. Can they get back to the West Conference Finals and potentially find? Absolutely. Yeah. He's that damn good. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But if he can't get back to the LeBron before the injury, it's going to be tough, man. I really do think it is. And I understand where he's coming from. But, you know, I like to play in. I think the teams that are, that are between 7 and 10, they're excited about the play in. It gives them opportunity to still compete. And you know what? Your season's not done. Because so many teams from 9, 10, 11, 12, and on up, them dudes start tanking, man. Them, them dudes already on vacation. So it, it keeps it keeps players and coaches and fans, it keeps all of us engaged. That's true. I got to, you know, before we hop off of here, uh, Ben from, from La Terrain sent me a little tweet. It was NBA 90s, old school Twitter. And he sent it to me. I sent it to you because they show clips from the NBA games from the 90s. And it was the other day, it was you at Golden State. <laughs> A dude, a dude tried to reach and pick your pocket. He went through the legs, penetrated, hit Danielle Marshall for a dunk. And then it was a turnover. You ran it down. You hit Marshall. So it was a couple of your dimes to Danielle Marshall. Yeah. Over Golden State on that NBA 90s Twitter account. So I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. D, 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 Mar- hey, D Marshall is my dude, man. We, we was uh, – both of us with Golden State Warriors averaging double figures coming off the bench. So, you know, we – we played well together. You know, we didn't have a great team. What it wasn't the Golden State that we're seeing, not this year, but in pre. You know what? We were, we kind of looked like this Golden State team without stuff. You know, we were fighting to get fighting. You know, just to to be a a five hundred team. But um, you know, I really enjoyed playing out in the Bay Area. They had some great fans. Um, it was still you know, packed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, man, like, like war, Warriors, the Warrior fans and Raider fans. They're true to their teams, man. They they are true to Bay Area teams. And even with Sacramento, you know, Sacramento hasn't had the years that they had when I – the one year I played there and then the the years afterward. But, you know, another place kind of like Lexington, like, you know, it's the only show in town. And when it's the only show in town, you get full and all fan support. So I really love being out out in the Bay Area. It was just fun and, you know, playing out there. And, you know, like I said, just – Early in my career, man, you know, just learning the NBA game. And got to give love to the, all the UK football players. There's a lot of guys that went in the draft this past weekend. Jamin Davis went to the Washington football team. Kelvin Joseph went to my Cowboys. Quentin Bohannon went to my Cowboys. Bill Hoskins went to the Panthers. Landon Young went to the Saints. Drake Jackson signed as a free agent with the Lions. A.J. Rose signed with the Vikings. Uh, Boogie Watson signed with the Steelers. Brandon Eccles signed with the Jets. I think that's got them all. And there might be a couple more free agent signings coming up. But um, Kentucky with six players drafted. We're talking about Kentucky football. Uh, you know, teams with six or more, it wasn't many. And Kentucky was one of mm-hmm. those teams that had six or more in the draft. And, of course, the SEC had way more draft picks than oh, anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so. a, a stockpile with the SEC, man. And we, and we don't even want to – and we don't want to start with Alabama with what they what they do in the first what they just do in the first round, man, is it's remarkable. But you know, when you but it lets you know where Kentucky football, you know, where is that right now? You know, now when you when you start having draft picks, especially first round draft picks, now you can go out and, and that's that's always gonna be a great re- re- recruiting pitch, you know, is that we're putting guys in the NFL now, you know, and plus you're playing against 
NFL players. When you play in the SEC conference, you playing. If you get a chance to make it to the NFL and play on Sundays, you gonna see you gonna see some of them saying God. When you play Alabama, you gonna either play against those guys or you gonna be watching them guys on TV. Mm-hmm. And that's just that's just how it is, you know. I'm just thinking like, man, but like with Nick Saban, it's a machine in Alabama, like how he recruits and develops. But also, we talked in previous podcasts when you can keep five star players for three years, you know how good. Kentucky would be if they were able to keep guys for three years. Yeah. Just, yeah. just imagine where we would be if we were to, like, guys couldn't leave. You, you can't go to the NBA until your June, after your junior season. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Are you serious? But you know what? It, it would also, the college game would look totally different. And I think we would recognize, and you would probably, I think the NBA would gain e- even more fans because when you follow someone for three years of their collegiate career, you want to see those players going to be successful. But when I only see you for a year, it's, it's the next player. Like, you're forgotten, you're forgotten that fast. But when you spent three years on my – when I was three years on my TV, like, I want to see where you're at, what team you're playing for, you know. And I know it's not going to ever happen again. I, I think, you know, what's going to happen now, you know, we're looking at the two different leagues, uh, the overtime elite league that's going to start up with 16- and 18-year-old kids and paying them money is we're going to lose some of these players anyway. Mm-hmm. Um so now we got to find something, and I think that's where an NCAA committee need to get with former some former players and kind of come up with a solution that's best for everyone. Because I hate to see kids that probably aren't ready for the NBA, but when you have $100,000 out there and you're telling me that, okay, you're playing to get to a certain, certain level and that money's available, you know, most kids and parents, they're going to make that decision. Hey, we need that money right now. Uh, but also, you know, I think it needs to be tied into if, if you don't make it to, you know, the G League NBA, that money needs to be going. Some of that money needs to be going to you being, if you can't be a student athlete, you sure in the hell can be a student. So mm-hmm. put money towards those guys who don't make it if they want to go to college. And I think they might have something like that plan. I'm going to do some research and kind of find out, you know, what's the outcome if guys don't make it. Absolutely. Mentioned being from La Tarang, I talk about Dave, man, look, every way to accessorize your wrist, they own it. You've been with them for a long time. The Red Crest, the Voyager, the 25th anniversary commemorative watch, LaTerrain.com. Those guys got you no matter what you want. LA-Terrain.com. Dave and Ben consistently bringing the fire when it comes to timepieces. And it will keep coming. You know, they always have something up their sleeves or something on their wrist that um, they're going to sell to to the public. And, and you know, I think when you follow La Terrain, you know, you'll see, like I said, the cool time pieces, not crazy expensive, but they have great value with them. And, and that's the, the quality of the watch and, and just the thought, the thought behind it. Because you have a nice time piece. And I always said that you, you could, a nice time piece, you can rock casual suit, and you can even, you know, just have it on the court, you know, as a coach, you know, because time pieces do stand out. And that's something that La Terrain has definitely spent a lot of time doing is making sure it's the right time piece for for all, you know, for 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 different men of different businesses. And, uh, you know, once they keep doing that, we're going to keep promoting them and uh, they gonna keep putting out those 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 hot fire pieces. That's it. So we appreciate them sponsoring the podcast. Appreciate everybody listening. Y'all subscribe wherever you get your podcasts at believe.com, at believe podcast on Twitter. Follow at believe in Kentucky on all the different social media platforms. 
and join TD and I next week on another episode of Believing in Turkey presented by Bet Online. Deuces. <laughs> yeah. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.